0: Newly paroled ex-con and former US Ranger Cameron Poe find himself trapped in a prisoner transport plane when the passengers seize control. this is Ryan. And this is Ashley.
1: And this is Ruining, Ruining Our, our childhood. childhood, a weekly podcast where we remove our childhood goggles and put on our adult bifocals to rewatch and review our favorite movies from the past.
0: That is this podcast. And hi, my name's Ashley.
1: This is Ryan.
0: And this is a movie podcast, in case you don't know. Yes. If you found our podcast randomly and you're like, I'm just going to hit play. <laughs>
1: Go back and listen to one of the other 44 episodes.
0: Yeah, 45, guys. Look at us. That's amazing.
1: Very proud.
0: I'm excited for 50. We're going to do a Q&A. Yes. If we do get cues.
1: <laughs> if not, we're just giving out A's. <laughs>
0: I will give you unsolicited answers. <laughs> so, there. That's what we do. Yeah. This movie, 1997 classic con air was our recent poll winner
1: or as my mother called it cone air
0: <laughs> oh, i'm sorry yeah. sorry yeah that was the best
1: but thank you to everyone who voted we kind of just sprung that on everybody on thursday and then bam oh got yeah. quite a few votes
0: we did we also did on instagram and Facebook, Mm -hmm. and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was winning by a small margin on Facebook, but on Instagram, Con Air was kicking ass, and we did the averages, and Con Air won out. So...
1: We will do Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at some point down the road, because that's a classic from my childhood. Yes, for
0: sure. Con Air is one of the movies that I remember my brother enjoying, Mm -hmm. so I have fond childhood memories, but first hit us with some 1997 facts i'm
1: gonna go ahead and go down memory road yes uh this movie was released on june 6 of 1997 it had a budget of 75 million dollars and grossed 224 million dollars at the box office uh popular tv shows from 1997 include union square which i don't know what that is uh,
0: it sounds familiar.
1: Frasier and 60 Minutes. It was on NBC. So oh. it might have been one of those ones that just kind of piggybacked off of Friends and Seinfeld and Frasier's popularity. And people just watched it because they forgot to change the channel. Popular hits from 1997. The number one song the movie came out was Hanson, Mbop. Uh Other popular songs were Puff Daddy featuring Faith Evans and 112, I'll Be Missing You. The Notorious B.I.G. featuring Puff Daddy and Mace. Mo' Money, Mo' Problems. And ain't that the truth. Uh, popular movies, uh Goodwill Hunting, My Best Friend's Wedding, and Tomorrow Never
0: Dies. Awesome. So I did look up this Union Square. It was only on for a year. Some of the more famous people that were in it were Michael Landis, which he's been in a bunch of stuff. I'll show you his Is picture.
1: Michael Landis the guy from... Okay, nope, not who I thought it was. Um, I was thinking of the guy who was on, like, Highway to Heaven. Michael Landon. There you go.
0: (laughs) Constance Marie. Okay. David Krumholtz is listed. And it literally sounds like it is a knockoff of Friends.
1: And it was the number eight most popular show of the year, and it got canceled.
0: It had 14 episodes. Wow. And it got a couple Emmy nominations. Oh, damn. Yeah
1: random show we've never heard of.
0: Yeah. Constance Marie though.
1: <laughs> From uh
0: Salinas. Yeah.
1: She played Salinas Mom and she's what, like four years older than Jennifer Lopez?
0: <laughs> yes, but to be fair, I've said this before, they did have her in the beginning of the movie when Selena was like a child. That's true. And then they just aged her. They did. Yeah. So anyway. Nineteen ninety seven was a good year. Mm-hmm. It was eleven.
1: I was 13.
0: Yes. That's how age and time works.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You said you saw this with your brother?
0: I remember seeing it pretty young, like probably before I should have. Mm -hmm. But I don't really remember it other than there was a plane and John Q's accident. (laughs) But to be fair, in all, just to be, uh, what's the word? transparent transparent i don't know i did watch this last summer okay with my brother again when i I went to go visit him all right and my uncle and it was just on tv and we started watching it me and my brother were like this is a movie that (laughs) needs to be on the podcast (laughs) so but i don't honestly remember too much about it other than nicholas cage's glorious hair
1: I saw this, if I had to guess, it was probably around 2000 or mm-hmm. 2001. Uh, my brother had bought it on DVD, probably around that time. That was when I first was introduced to it. But I will say, for some reason, I remember the previews for this movie and like face-off. Like Suddenly, Nicolas Cage was on my radar. Yeah. And all I can assume was, whatever I was watching, they were like, that's Nicolas Cage's demographic maybe crappy espn shows (laughs) because i started remembering like eight millimeter and snake eyes like all of his movies i never saw any of them in theaters but they were vividly etched into my mind about the trailers
0: i will say in the late 90s i think that's when he exploded as a action star yeah because i think like in the mid 90s and stuff he was doing more i would say oscar worthy things he won
1: one Yeah. and like 95.
0: And I personally, I don't know if I talked about this when we had the Gone in 60 Seconds episode, but my favorite Nicolas Cage movie is Valley Girl. Yes. It's like one of his first movies ever. Mm -hmm. And he's a delight in it. And obviously we have an award named after him for a reason, because we think he can be a little over the top, i.e. Wicker Man when he gets burned (laughs) alive is hilarious. Yes. Or just the whole last 30 minutes of that movie yeah where he's just punching women yeah (laughs) it's so horrible but it's just so horrible
1: but also he's been in movies that we've enjoyed yes and he is a very famous name that's why he gets an award yes (laughs) otherwise we would just name it after like one movie mcgrew
0: i don't i don't even know who else would have that namesake because when i think of kind of over-the-top acting mm-hmm. i think of him yeah and it's funny because i think he's a good actor when he wants to be but i think there's a lot of times where he kind of just phones it in or maybe the directors are like give me some of that Nicolas cage emotion and he's and like I, ah. do,
1: I feel like now he has been typecast as being the over-the-top guy because yeah. we saw him in kick-ass and he's very good in it
0: with the exception of when they start burning him When alive they start burning, started...
1: <laughs> he starts screaming. But he's good in that movie. And yeah. I was hoping it was kind of maybe shift him back into making good movies, and it really hasn't.
0: No, not really.
1: I don't know the last time I saw a movie with him in it, other than that movie.
0: I don't know the last time I saw a Nicolas Cage movie in theaters other than Kick-Ass. Yeah. I'm trying to think. What, wasn't he in something else? I mean, he did a voice for uh, Into the Spider-Verse
1: very true. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oscar winner.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, he's definitely a love-hate for us. He is. We really love to hate him.
0: You know what movie I really like too? Was uh Matchstick Men
1: with uh Sam Rockwell?
0: Yeah, mostly for Sam Rockwell though.
1: It's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. He made a lot of good movies and a lot of bad ones.
0: For sure. Yeah. And this one, who knows what this one will be?
1: I'm hopeful. At the very least, I'm going to have a blast watching it.
0: So do you think it's going to hold up?
1: I'm going to say no. I'm sure he's going to be a little over the top. I want some over the top Nick Cage. That's what I'm hoping for. But I'm thinking late 90s action movie that was very commercially successful. I'm thinking probably wasn't that good of a movie.
0: I'm going to go crazy and say it is going to hold up. And again, I know I watched it last summer, but I don't... I wasn't... Intently watching it, it was kind of just in passing. Mm-hmm. While I was hanging out with my family, but I feel like this movie has a bunch of people in it that are pretty higher caliber acting. Okay. That I feel like it will hold up. Though I think different situations in the movie are going to be really bad, mm-hmm. but I think overall I think the movie's going to hold up as a good action movie. Okay. But that's just my opinion, obviously.
1: No. I'm hopeful. <laughs>
0: um where you can stream this
1: oh and we should know oh. last week i know you put it in the comments when you posted the episode what happens in vegas is not on the wwe network
0: oh that yeah. was a lie
1: we looked up wwe network on the website we use and they listed about 750 movies none of which were on the wwe network oh. there was some sort of a glitch i think on their site
0: yeah there, there's like no place for there to be movies yeah like, there's no category on the app.
1: No. None.
0: Yeah. And then we forgot about it. We always do that. We'll be like, we'll let you know. And then we'll go watch the movie and then we'll come back and we'll never talk <laughs> about whatever thing we said <laughs> like, we'll let you we'll know we let you about.
1: know. Nope.
0: Uh, but this one is not according to Just Watch. Keep in mind, they were the same website I used last week, so who knows. <laughs> it's just available to rent on Amazon, YouTube, Apple, blah, blah, blah. So definitely uh check that out if you don't own it and if you do own it then
1: problem solved
0: yeah you're probably a big john cusack fan or nicholas cage
1: damn straight damn straight
0: we're gonna go ahead and hit that pausey pause and go watch con air or as ryan's mom calls it cone air and come back and talk about it
1: damn straight All right, we just finished watching Cone Air, and now we're going to go ahead and break down our movie like we always do with our categories, and the first category is Well Hello There, where we talk about any cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we forgot were in the movie, and holy crap.
0: There was so many. Yes. Yeah, there was a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one that I noticed was Monica Potter. Who plays Trisha, Cameron Poe's wife? Yes. And she's from Parenthood. That's.
1: She's from Parenthood, and uh, I remember her from Patch Adams.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Also graduated from the same high school as my father.
0: Oh, yeah. Fun fact. Yeah,
1: fun fact about her. Yeah. She's significantly younger than my dad, so they didn't
0: cross. I thought you were going to say she was significantly younger than Nicolas Cage. She looked it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if she really was, but she looked very, very young.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, The first one I noticed was John Malkovich. Yes. From... Everything. Just everything uh, from being John Malkovich fame. (laughs) Uh, He played Cyrus Grissom, also known as Cyrus the Virus. Yes. Which is just a great name.
0: It is a name. And that whole scene where they're introducing all the criminals that they're Mm -hmm. putting on the plane... I literally was like, is this a WWE match? And he's just listing off Cyrus the Virus, (laughs) known for killing more men than cancer. (laughs) That's the dialogue in this movie, guys. It
1: really is.
0: That's the dialogue in this movie.
1: And I did tell you, without you even telling me you had written that it was like a pro wrestling match, I was like, there was a character on ECW when I was a kid. He was a villain. His name was Cyrus the Virus. Shout out to him. (laughs)
0: <laughs> my next one was uh Mike kelty williams
1: yes williamson
0: oh williamson mm-hmm. i apparently just stopped typing after williams um he played babyo which was cameron's cellmate i guess yeah um Nick and Cage. he's most notably uh bubba from forrest gump mm-hmm.
1: he's been in a ton of things the other thing i really remembered him from was three kings with yeah. uh, george clooney and mark Wahlberg. but yeah that's clear. I mean, Bubba's definitely going to be his most famous role.
0: I would say. Yeah.
1: Next one I recognized was Ving Rhames as Diamond Doug, Nathan Jones. Yes. Uh, And Ving Rhames has been in a lot of the Mission Impossibles. He was in People Under the Stairs, which we did yes. for our podcast. He's just been in a ton of shit.
0: Oh, yeah. He's Ving Rhames. Yeah. Um, The next one that I'll talk about is Rachel Ticotin, who is from Total Recall mm-hmm. with schwarzenegger which is another movie that i probably watched too many times when i was a kid just to hang out with my brother Mm -hmm. and that movie freaked me out
1: yeah that's a weird one
0: but she played like the female lead in that movie yeah and she in this movie she plays one of the guards bishop
1: yes uh the next one i recognized was danny trejo who played johnny 23 which was for the 23 women he had raped
0: he was very proud of it.
1: Yes. And it was crazy because Danny Trejo looks very young in this movie, but he's also probably 50. Really? Because Danny Trejo is 75 years old. Holy shit. Because yeah.
0: he doesn't look that bad. No,
1: he looks for a guy who served time in prison and was a boxer. And then became an actor. He looks fantastic for a guy he's his had age. He's
0: life. I, re- I just read somewhere that he is the most on-screen deaths of any actor. Really? Yeah.
1: Wow. I well,
0: don't he... know where I read that. but.
1: And he's a very underrated, really good character actor, in my yeah. opinion. Love that he guy. Plays,
0: apparently, he plays a really good rapist. <laughs> he was good. My next one was Dave Chappelle. Yes. Played pinball, Mm -hmm. which it's funny that we had, we were talking about him on You've Got Mail because that came out a year later. Mm -hmm. This one, I think they utilized his humor a little bit more. They gave him a little more freedom to be funny. Yeah. But unfortunately, spoiler alert, he dies.
1: Again, I, I go back to when they cast him. Had they not seen this? Yeah. This probably would have came up before they even started filming that movie. Maybe. I would think. I don't know. I don't think there's a lot of post-production on a rom-com.
0: You don't know. I don't know. They had those credits were incredibly <laughs> complicated. A I'm lot sure. of
1: effort went into those credits, and you've got mail. <laughs> yeah. The next one I recognized was Steve Buscemi. Yes. As Garland Green, who John Malkovich described as a national treasure. Yes. And he was so creepy, he made the Manson family look like the Partridge family, and we all know Steve Buscemi from Boardwalk Empire and just a bunch of things.
0: Any Adam Sandler movie? Yeah, definitely. Pretty much. Um, I mean, he's been in a lot of other roles too, but that's just the first thing that came to my mind. By the way, Ghost World. Did you ever see Ghost World? No, I never saw Ghost but World. Scott Scarlett Johansson. Okay. And uh, Hocus Pocus. Sir K-
1: Jessica Parker.
0: Hocus Pocus.
1: Sarah Jessica Parker and Jack were in the movie.
0: Dora <laughs> Birch.
1: I named two of the most famous people in the movie and you looked at me like I was nuts.
0: But that's where I was. I was trying to remember Dora Birch and okay. I'm so bad that I couldn't remember her name. All right. My next one was, I'm trying to, it's all out of order here, guys. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll do Nick Chunland who played one of Cyrus's guys that knew about the plan From the start, Billy Bedlam. Yeah. And he looked so familiar. And when we were looking at his IMBD, I'm like, he's been in a ton of stuff, but nothing that I'm like, yes, that's where he's from. And then you were like, Gilmore Girls. And he's the dad that hits on Lorelai Gilmore. The first, I don't know if it's the first episode or the second episode when they go to Shelton for the first time. I think it's the second episode. And she was dressed in like Daisy Dukes. And Cowboy Boots, I Yeah. And he hits on her. And I was like, yes. (laughs) <laughs> he's been in a bunch of action movies too but that's literally what i remember him from
1: um the next one i had was angela featherstone yes um she just played uh jenny who is one of like she worked with the agents in this I guess with john to... cusack with character. john cusack which i don't know that we've mentioned him yet by the way
0: we mentioned him in the beginning yeah but john, john cusack vince... played vince larkin yes yeah
1: Angela Featherstone, the thing that I recognized her from was she was Linda in The Wedding Singer with Adam Sandler.
0: The girl that leaves him at the altar. Yes. I think the other one that I had was uh, Jose Zuniga. Mm -hmm. Uh, He played the DA agent that was undercover, Mm -hmm. uh, Agent Sims. And he's been in Twilight. He played the science teacher in the first movie yes and then also agents of Mm shields he was in the parts of ghost rider where he played his uncle yeah so
1: yeah definitely um next one i had was mc Gainey. he played swamp thing in this movie where he was the pilot of basically the criminal who takes over as pilot uh the thing that i recognize him most from was being conrad on the fresh prince of bel-air Okay. Who was like an ex-con that they hired to kind of be a handyman around the house and some things started disappearing around the house and they immediately assumed him. But of course. Curveball, it wasn't him.
0: He has that look about him that he looks like he's either in a biker gang or mm-hmm. looks like he could be a convict. Yeah. Convict. Mm-hmm. I can't talk. Oh, I did write down a Renoli Santiago mm-hmm. who played a character called Sally Can't Dance. He was really effeminate and you know whatever but i kept thinking he looks so familiar and he hasn't done a lot of acting like overall his his imbd is very small but he was in hackers and dangerous minds right before this and i remember from hackers because for some reason i watched that movie a lot too when i was a kid
1: was that a brandon pick
0: maybe Hmm. i it was uh angelina jolie and johnny lee miller
1: Mm -hmm. i don't know that i've ever seen it
0: oh yeah it was a movie. I don't know if it's. Any <laughs> it good, was a movie. But I watched it several times. Um, I think he was in their group of hackers, and then Dangerous Minds. I'm assuming he was a student, but yeah, judging by like his age, young, yeah. yeah,
1: The last one that I had was Colm Meaney. He played Agent Duncan Malloy in this movie, who again was one of uh, John Cusack's buddy. The thing Not that is buddy. Well, partner. He worked I guess no. Describe.
0: He worked at, for the DEA. Which well, is a different organization. They
1: were agents together, I guess. Would be Okay.
0: I would not call them friends. They were
1: not. They were not friends. That was poor word choice. Um, the thing I recognized him from, he was on Star Trek uh, Next Generation and also on Deep Space Nine. He was on like 200 episodes of Deep Space Nine. Cool. Yes. Do you have anybody else?
0: Well, we can talk about action movies. Mm-hmm. They, they have things yes, that they we love to discuss. They use props in mm. weird ways that one would normally not use. Mm. There was some low-flying helicopters. Correct. I would almost dare to say there were more low-flying planes... True. ...than helicopters. hmm But in that first scene, when they're loading up the Jailbird, which is the big plane that John Cusack loves, apparently, more <laughs> than anything in the world, and... He talks about it several times. Yeah. It's my plane. <laughs> um, but they're transporting like John Malkovich and Bing Rames's character. And there's two low flying helicopters escorting the already really over high security. And again, low flying helicopter. W- what are you doing?
1: <laughs> Serving no purpose. Yes. <laughs> and then there was also our other favorite juggy the oil jug so many so many oil jugs
0: there were so many things going on in that airfield mm-hmm. of just trash that i was like that's gonna get blown up soon
1: <laughs> all of this is going to explode later yes very
0: uh. true did you have anything else
1: no those were it for my cameos
0: i will say we'll we'll add a little mention a little mention to a low-flying car mm-hmm. at one point there is a low-flying vehicle Yes, because it gets attached to the jailbird, which is the Con Air plane. <laughs> I don't even know what kind of car it is. I'm not a car. It was person. a Corvette. Okay, an it's old Corvette. Agent Malloy's Corvette.
1: hmm With the license a... plate, ass kicker.
0: He's a douchebag. Yes, he is. <laughs> if you don't already know, yeah. now you know. Yeah. He's a douche. So we can move on to the next category. Kids would call it a throwback. We call it the prime of our teens. We talk about fashion, offensive, or dated references, and that is it. Why do I always do that? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think there's more to this category. Uh, what about the fashion?
1: Um, right off the bat, at the beginning of the movie, uh, Poe and his wife, Trisha, are at a bar. And inside that bar, boy, was there trucker hats. Everywhere.
0: I think they did live in Alabama.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. There was some good fashion in that bar. For sure. Denim jacket, a little 80s hair in 1990.
0: (laughs) Well, I guess, yeah, it's supposed to be early 90s because he's in prison for a while. Yeah. His daughter was non-existent and then all of a sudden she was like seven or something like that. Yeah. I wanted to note how glorious Nicolas Cage hair is in this movie. It's just... Beautiful distracting oh and i want to know how many men were like i'm getting that haircut
1: Ooh, well i know one my brother <laughs> uh, it's not like that no it's not, it's like not that. a mullet he just has long hair yeah but oh yeah his hair um when they're in the at the learner airfield nicholas cage looks like the very definition of a pro wrestler because he's wearing a wife beater he's got skin tight denim jeans on and that flowing hair oh my lord hulk hogan was jealous of that shit that's true guaranteed
0: i don't know why he was wearing jeans
1: it's a good question
0: like he was still technically a prisoner Mm -hmm. so he should have been in prison outfit like scrubs yeah 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 the canvas pants i don't know yeah plot hole Mm mm-hmm The other thing I noticed was Cusack's uh, whole outfit, khaki suit.
1: Where he borrowed the shoulder pads from Joan Cusack. (laughs) That's holy crap.
0: And then he had the really small sunglasses, which I think are back in. And I had a pair of like the super small round.
1: Yeah, they were like oval lenses. Yeah. Those were super popular, I remember around that time. Yeah, it was just his suit that threw me off of those shoulder pads. I'm like, good lord.
0: He looked like... He was a lawyer in the South. Very true. Did you have any dated reference or offensive jokes?
1: Uh, There was quite a few on the old offensive jokes front. I, for, I think it was Baby O was getting ready to board the plane and he had a do-rag on. Oh, yeah. And the guards like, you know, hey, homeboy, do-rag's gotta go.
0: I was thinking about how many times in movies, especially like in the 80s and 90s, where they always have like an authority figure talking to somebody that's like a minority or possibly a criminal or in a gang or just like a black dude on the street and they talk to him and like try to use ebonics or slang and that was just a normal thing and now i find it incredibly offensive
1: to and it's to do that degrading and patronizing to that person when you're what up homeboy
0: yeah first of all i know you don't talk like that so the you're just assuming I talk like that because the way I look, there was a lot of that in this movie in the sense that they, they use the N word mm-hmm. a lot and even just breaking stuff down into races or like when John Malkovich's character was talking to somebody that was Hispanic, he'd be like saying something referencing him being Hispanic and black and you're just like cool, this is dated.
1: Chappelle did the same thing. Uh, He was seated next to a Native American on Conair. And he was like, don't go all wounded knee on me. (laughs) And then he's like, "Um, Um, yeah, doesn't age well. Mm -mm. No, Mm no.
0: And there was it it was just like never ending, too. Yeah. But Uh. at one point he calls Uh, Or the guard, Falzone, which is the guard that you said talked about um, Baby O's Uh do-rag. And he, like, calls this one guy a Nazi muffin. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) Like, obviously, the guy looks like he's part of the Aryan Nation and he might be a Nazi. But I'm like, what's a Nazi muffin? (laughs) You little Nazi muffin. Uh,
1: God, that's a terrible one. Yeah. As far as a dated reference... Uh, Cyrus does tell Baby O that he was going to get him a telephone book to call the affirmative action <laughs> office.
0: That's true.
1: And I was like, "Well, nobody uses a telephone book anymore."
0: Um, at one point, Malloy gets these action shoppers, is what they're called, to follow what they think is the, the plane, and it happens to be just a scenic, uh, little pedal jumper that does
1: uh, tours of like the Grand Canyon. I yeah. Think. Yeah. And
0: the pilot's like, if that plane is carrying thirty or prisoners, I'm Elvis Presley. That's just silly.
1: That's a terrible line.
0: It's one of many. <laughs> one of many. One of many. The Vegas Strip was an interesting thing to see.
1: It is not an accurate Vegas Strip. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Cause they they come in from. Uh the side of the strip where the stratosphere is yeah they they're look gonna like, land they
0: look like they're gonna hit it
1: yeah but then they take out the hard rock hotel's guitar
0: and the hard rocks hotel to them was almost right next to circus circus correct and the hard was... rock
1: hotel is behind the mgm grand was it ever? not everyone? even on the strip no it's never been where they had it
0: okay they just wanted it
1: i think they probably could get it the license to show it like, a sponsor. like we'll just move it over there yeah and then like they did st-
0: destroy it. So I guess if it was the real one, they wouldn't let them destroy it.
1: No. Uh-uh. But yeah, I was like that's not there. Yeah. Uh you even asked, you're like where was the Sands at? And cuz the plane stops at the Sands Hotel, which is where uh the Venetian is now. So it's been torn down.
0: It's always been the Venetian and me. Mm-hmm. But I knew the Sands was a Yeah. famous hotel. Definitely. Um and they also had the Riviera, which doesn't exist anymore, and the Stardust. Yeah. But the Revere and Barbary Coast.
1: Yes, which is now um, the Cromwell. Yes. Yeah.
0: And I totally forgot that they crash on the Vegas Strip, and it's just a big, huge thing. Yeah. Many, many explosions. Many. Probably a lot of lives lost, but it's okay because Cameron Poe was reunited with (laughs) his family.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. It went sliding down, and judging by the amount of people outside the sands... And how they transport from the airfield, and it was daylight, and now it's nighttime. I'm thinking it's like 8 o'clock local time in Las Vegas, and an airplane has just slid down Las Vegas Boulevard. So many deaths.
0: Another, I guess we can, we'll save it for plot holes. Yes. We'll save it for plot holes. I was going to say something. But that's pretty much what I had on yeah. data references. Same, same. Just uh, overuse of stereotypes.
1: Always age as well. Yeah. We're going to go ahead and fire up our CB radios and talk about some technology. Yeah. Uh, What pieces of data technology did you notice?
0: The only one I wrote down, because I felt like there was so much going on in this movie that I had to write about that I didn't even really bother looking at stuff, Mm -hmm. was just the computer program that they had when, when Larkin, John Cusack's character, was introducing all the criminals to malloy and i'm guessing lurkin's boss was the other guy Mm -hmm. he was was just there some guy and he you know would show their picture and then all of their accomplishments or i guess (laughs) rap sheet
1: (laughs) like how you call them accomplishments and then you're like or rap sheet yeah
0: and (laughs) the program was just super high tech probably for that time but Mm. it looked horrible incredibly yeah what did you have
1: I noticed the the fake guard or fake inmate that is really a guard that yeah. plant on the plane. He was wearing a tape recorder and it was it was like a six inch by five inch tape recorder that had an actual wheel of tape in and it. That, yeah, that <laughs> falls out and rolls down the aisle. I don't know what the hell that was going to accomplish. We mentioned John Cusack. He has a awesome flip phone. Mm. That makes an appearance with one of the old antennas that you have to pull out. Sure, sure, sure. The last thing, I don't it's not really dated technology cuz we still use them, but the one in Vince's office, it was an old oscillating fan mm. that looked like it was from like 1950. Okay. Yeah. It didn't slap me in the face with the bad technology.
0: I just assume I know nothing about planes, but I just assume the cockpit that is all pretty it's probably a little updated mm-hmm. now, but it's it's an airplane. It just looked like an airplane. And there wasn't really anything else, like you said. There wasn't anything that they relied too heavily on. It, it's more about, you know, explosions. The acting. And the acting. Man,
1: some good Nick Cage acting.
0: Well, oh, we'll, we'll talk about it. Uh-huh. What did you think about the music? Because the only song I realized was the song that always played when he saw his wife.
1: How do I live? Yeah. By Trisha Yearwood. Yes! And I was surprised to read this. It was nominated for Best Original Song at the Academy Awards.
0: For this movie.
1: For this movie. It lost to My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion.
0: I mean, a little more pivotal of a movie, I think.
1: I was blown away that a song from Con Air nominated for an Academy Award.
0: I got this from that song... And the whole uh, beginning scene before he tragically kills somebody, mm-hmm. it reminded me of an opening or a scene from a Nicholas Sparks film. It just because it's like the South and he's in the military and they're in love and. It's a rainy a, scene. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it really could have been. Waiting for somebody to pop up that has cancer because every <laughs> somebody. Every can,
1: Nicholas yeah. Nicholas Sparks, not Nick Cage movie, although. We did learn Cyrus the Virus killed more men than cancer. That's true. Boom!
0: There's your cancer right there.
1: Cancer reference. Um, the only other song that I noticed was a little Sweet Home Alabama by yeah, Leonard Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. But they didn't play a lot of music in this movie.
0: Just action.
1: Action. All of the good
0: action. <laughs> Do you want to move on? Yes. The next category is called Is It Even Good? Where we talk about the plot the plot holes, and our funniest and cringiest moments of the movie.
1: (laughs) I can't even (laughs) even ask it.
0: Uh, What do you think about the plot, Ryan?
1: I think it was incredibly not believable that somehow we're loading all of our worst criminals onto one airplane to transport them all to a supermax prison, but somehow we're also loading a guy who's being released from prison that day on the same airplane. Wouldn't you just release him and give him a plane ticket and call it good? You
0: would think.
1: Or even a bus ticket. Yeah. He would have been ecstatic to get out of there and just, I'm going to ride that.
0: Yeah, I'm not quite sure. They kind of glossed over that, I feel like. Yeah. Like, just the fact that he's in prison was ridiculous because he was being attacked by three men. With and a knife. he defended himself. Yes. And a guy died. And the... Judge was like, you're technically a lethal weapon, so you, the rules don't apply to you. And I'm like, you can't take away somebody's civil rights.
1: Yes. He's supposed to let the guy stab him to death rather than defend himself. Yeah. And can we talk about how he killed him with a throat punch?
0: It was like a... Almost like a... To like a, the, a yeah. palm strike. Yeah. Yeah, to a palm his, strike to his throat. I thought it was to his nose.
1: I think you're right. It actually yeah. was. It was not as... Yeah.
0: I think you're thinking of the roadhouse
1: yeah <laughs> no no you're right it was a palm strike to the nose and he
0: pushed i think he probably jammed his I
1: and i took issue with that not so much that he killed the guy trisha poe runs into the bar to get help he she comes out with a friend who pronounces the guy dead yes and at no point did anyone go maybe we maybe he's not dead we can't really pronounce him that we could try to do some cpr on the guy nope nope,
0: uh-uh, nope. not going to do it. The whole reason he's in prison, I'm just like, that's bullshit. Yeah. He was being attacked. <laughs>
1: he has I, no business there.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like it's a cliche in an action movie where there's those guys that want to attack. Uh, First of all, he's a veteran. Yes. And you're going to try to attack him.
1: It's always a good idea.
0: You hit on his wife and he and then he was actually really polite to you. And then you're like... When they leave, we're going to attack them.
1: And he was in an army ranger uniform. Yeah. This is going to end really well for you, sir. Yeah. No thanks.
0: So I guess we're already kind of talking about our plot holes. Oh, yeah. I, I think one of the... What, what, did you have one?
1: One of mine is... I want to say it's Cyrus, but I could be wrong. They have plans for the airplane, like blueprints for the airplanes, and plans for what they're going to do. And they hide them in a wall in the prison. Yeah. That they're not going back to. So why would you hide the plans? Just get rid of them. Light them on fire. You don't freaking need them.
0: He wanted to blow it up, though. It was like a trap. But then also you should have maybe kept the bomb, but got rid of the plans because the plans are what made Larkin decide, oh, something's up.
1: Yeah, just leave. Like you said, leave the bomb. You don't get rid of the plans. Yeah
0: mistake, man.
1: He would have been a good Bond villain.
0: He would have been. This
1: is how I plan to kill you, James. Uh, What about you?
0: Oh, there was a scene after they take over the plane. They have to stop in like Carson City or something. And there's a scene where they're getting new prisoners and they're sitting there and the marshals that were just there realized that ha- some of the prisoners that they have are actually guards and they know something's up. So they tell this one guy on the radio, who's still kind of by the jailbird plane, mm-hmm. like, hey, stall him while we come back and we'll like arrest them or something. Yeah. And the guy knows these guys are convicts. He just walks up to him like all oh, willy nilly. I'm sorry. If you're a trained air marshal, I would assume you would be having at least your gun Or your hand on your gun, your sidearm. I think it's almost like a movie, another action movie cliche, that the confidence of any, like, law enforcement or military when they're not the main characters
1: is incredibly low. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I get him. uh, He's trying to go over and stop the plane. I, I don't know what I would have done, but I would have had my gun drawn. Yeah. Maybe shot out their tires so they can't leave.
0: I wouldn't approach a known psychopath. Just walk up to him and pretend like nothing's going on.
1: And also, Malkovich, as Cyrus, seems to be a pretty well-known psychopath that's killed a lot of people. Yeah. He comes off the plane with just some sunglasses on and nobody recognizes him. And they weren't even mirrored sunglasses. They were just like yellow lens sunglasses.
0: There was a dust storm. Okay. The visibility was a little bad. Yeah. But I agree.
1: And it goes back to, why are all these inmates on the same plane? They actually made a stop to get more bad people.
0: Yeah, uh, Garland Green. They had Steve. to
1: pick up the national treasure that was Garland Green.
0: Who killed so many people. Yeah. And he was basically Hannibal Lecter, tied up, had the mask, yeah. all that all that good stuff. <laughs> Did you have another one?
1: I, I just had two, and I already gave them. Oh. Yeah
0: answers like that i just have two but uh, i already talked about that. i said
1: had oh, okay had two
0: uh, um that's pretty much all i had as yeah. far as major plot holes yeah i'm sure we could
1: <laughs> dissect it
0: yeah i'm sure we could dive deep but yeah what was your funniest liner moment
1: right at the beginning of the movie we talked about when they're loading everybody onto the plane uh-huh. and they're kind of going over who they are and when pinball comes up the guy Tells him to open his mouth and he breathes on the guard and he's like, your breath smells like shit or someone shit in your mouth. And he was like, but he told me he loved me.
0: That was pretty funny. And gross. And disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. I, mine was pretty much anything John Malkovich said throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Including, like you said, there's no way, this is no way to treat a national treasure. Love your work. (laughs) I can't talk. National Treasure. Treasure treasure.
1: Ironically, seven years later, Nicolas Cage would star in National Treasure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> treasure. And a secondary funniest moment is John Cusack running.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> I de- decided I need to start applying for Hollywood jobs where I will be the running consultant. Okay. And all I'm going to do is is show their lead actor how to run correctly his run was like a happy bouncy run as he's running through this deserted airfield his running it was literally i'm trying to just, uh find how i described it i can't find it but it was it's bad
0: it's it was it was pretty bad yeah i was typing something and you're like Whoa, what is he doing and i looked up and he's just like galloping <laughs> Um, What are you you doing there, bud? No
1: urgency whatsoever when he's running.
0: What was your cringiest?
1: There's a scene where uh, when they're in the airfield and they've all left the plane, and Connor Garland goes and starts playing... I'm sorry, Garland Green. Connor Garland plays for the coyotes. (laughs) Oh, God. Sorry. So Garland Green is playing dolls with this little girl in the airfield, And he is... Well, first off, it's Steve Buscemi, so it's creepy. And then you're thinking about how this is a mass murderer talking to a child and playing dolls. And I kept waiting for him to, like, lure her away and kill her. Sure. But he doesn't, because when they take off again, she's out there waving goodbye to him. But it literally gave me chills watching it. It was disturbing.
0: It is pretty creepy. Yeah. I will. I, I question what... Where were the people that lived in that trailer park, and why was she just hanging out by herself <laughs> just, in a pool? Yeah. Yeah. Was she a manifestation?
1: Was she even there?
0: His, his guilt for killing so many people. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Touche. Hey. Um, mine was when Pinball was removing the little bit of gasoline and match from his mouth. Ugh right before they take over the plane. Mm -hmm. It was just creepy, because that... It it creeps me out thinking about somebody pulling something out of their mouth from their throat. Yes. It was a lot... gross.
1: It was very disgusting.
0: And don't get me wrong, I wanted to put... There was a lot of cringy lines in this movie, but I just thought that was just about cringy enough for me to put down. (laughs) Disturbing. Uh, Did you have any additional notes? Because... I have some things.
1: There's some great lines, such as when uh, John Malkovic tells Danny Trejo that if his dick jumps out of his pants, he's jumping out of the plane. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, funny. Yeah, like you said, Malkovic was just great with the one-liners.
0: Yeah. Right off the bat on this movie is the deep, deep accent of Nicolas Cage that is just I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just...
1: It's amazing. Yeah. We're going to talk about him. Okay. <laughs> we are going to talk about him.
0: And the the voiceover between Cameron and, and Casey reading letters back and forth, I just... It's fertile. <laughs> it is something.
1: Another kind of note that I had was when they are transporting Garland Green onto the plane, the music they were playing and the breathing sound that they were plane i thought they were transporting bane <laughs> like i'm waiting for tom hardy to come out and start talking in his weird accent about how he's going to destroy gotham
0: yeah just they, brutal. they did say or Cyrus, I, sh- I should say did say welcome to con air several times mm-hmm. never have i heard the title of the movie more <laughs> than in this movie it's like ooh, i'm, just said I'm it sure, again i'm sure there's one uh, a better example of that.
1: It was also always delightful when he would do it cuz he was acting like he was a flight attendant, yeah, <laughs> talking to his passengers.
0: I do appreciate and like you had mentioned he threatened Danny Trejo's character Johnny 23. Mhm. And I do appreciate that he is a mass murderer, but he does doesn't condone rape.
1: That's kind of I know. But noticed... he also
0: at the end of the movie threatened to kill uh, Cameron's daughter? Yeah. So, yeah. Killing children, okay, but don't rape women.
1: Do not rape women, damn it. How
0: about both of those things? (laughs) Uh, We
1: can all agree they're both bad. Yes. Another thing I noticed was there was just lots of uh, good old action movie shooting. Yes. Everybody's firing off a million rounds. Nobody's reloading a gun. Bullets flying everywhere.
0: Again, with the incompetence of any sort of government officials, they don't know how to defend themselves very well and shoot (laughs) willy-nilly. Yeah.
1: It's always a good idea. Just fire erratically. Do you have any other ones?
0: So you mentioned Duncan Malloy was one of Larkin's buddies, but mm-hmm. I do. I don't understand why he's so angry towards John Cusack's character, Vince Larkin. They meet for the first time, and Duncan Malloy is super aggressive. Mm-hmm. He sounds like he did a bunch of coke in his <laughs> stupid douchebag Corvette. Before he came to work and he was just like really jazzed up. Did not want to listen to Larkin at all. No. Even though Larkin was right like 99% of the time.
1: Yeah. But then
0: at the end they are like best buds all of a sudden.
1: He's like, oh, here's your keys, man. For your car that just flew through the air. (laughs) Uh, I know a good body shop in Fresno that can take care of that for you. Don't even worry about it. You're like, oh, Jesus. It's true. I can only assume it's like they worked for different agencies so it's this guy's an idiot he doesn't he he works over there i work in the dea he's stupid
0: yeah arc. that's I boys mean, you're possible. both
1: good at your job you yeah. both bring something to the table maybe we can all get along
0: yeah did you have something else
1: we mentioned our boy vince larkin in this movie he operates a construction crane a bulldozer and is a gunner in a helicopter <laughs>
0: I don't know exactly what he does. So, Malloy works for the DEA. Yes. I don't know what the DEA is doing with...
1: Prisoner transport?
0: Yeah. They don't... Again, they either explained it very briefly or they didn't explain it at all. Yeah. But I don't know what Vince Larkin... Is he in charge of the prisoners and the plane, So, I don't know what his title is. He's obviously higher up. Yeah. But, yeah.
1: That's a good question. Is he a
0: marshal? Is he head of marshals? Maybe
1: that could be. I don't know. Cause yeah, they never clarify or give his agency.
0: They might have when he introduced when they were introduced Malloy and him, but I maybe missed it. I don't know.
1: Apparently, he is a construction worker by day, (laughs) U.S. Air Force by night.
0: That's true. You know the one thing he's not good at avoiding huge ass planes. He almost gets killed by two separate planes. Yes. At that airfield. Yes. What, what's going on, bud? How can you not see these planes are crashing down in front of you?
1: Amongst his light-hearted jogging.
0: His <laughs> frolicking, frolicking, if you will. Frolicking, yes. Uh. Uh.
1: Are you ready to move on to our awards? Yes. As always, it is award season here. And we give out two awards every week. So the f- every week? <laughs> every the week? The first of which is the Valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage Online School of Bad Acting, whom did you give your award to?
0: Well, uh, at the beginning of the movie, I was going to give it to, I can't remember the guy's name, Nick Chunland. I thought, because his out of the, his little group of misfits, uh, Cyruses, he...
1: He I brought was, nothing to the table.
0: Yeah, he didn't bring anything to the table. Yeah. But I also felt like I could not ignore Nicolas Cage. You can't. I cannot ignore his accent, Ugh. his cheesy ass lines one of which is my favorite is this is your barbecue and it tastes good (laughs) when he's talking to cyrus about how this he's the boss yes that's the weirdest way to say you're the boss and i'm just going with the flow
1: yeah it's your barbecue
0: and it it tastes good it
1: tastes good (laughs) you know how to smoke a brisket
0: I mean, I still rooted for his character, and I wanted him to succeed and get to his family, but mm-hmm. it's just... I can't believe anybody watched this movie and took his character seriously. Yeah. And took this movie seriously. <laughs> I don't... I'm sorry, guys. I don't understand it.
1: So, I gave it to the same person. Okay. <laughs> I figured. Um, His accent is terrible. He's robotic when he talks. He barely opens his mouth, I notice. Oh. He's very mumbly. So am I. But also, his accent evolves. Yes. And at the end of the movie, he appears to be Forrest Gumping it. (laughs) And he's like, I got a birthday party to get to.
0: Maybe he was confused because his best friend in the movie was also bubba in forrest gump so he just got a little
1: confused (laughs) a little confused He was like you know what i'm gonna tom hanks this shit (laughs) what the fuck he was downright like you said you rooted for him but he was awful yeah i don't know how to describe him other than awful
0: my other favorite thing that he did was at the beginning of the movie when they're about to get leave their cells to be transported he's talking to baby oh he's saying i'm just having a normal conversation and then there's a break mm-hmm. for like a minute where they're just kind of looking at each other and then all of a sudden he's like <laughs> i'm getting out but it was just so it was so nicholas cage the random like oh yelp
1: my god uh, he's the worst
0: and then he's talking to himself when he's trying to get the needle for baby and he's like well Babyo, it's not my ties and yahtzee's out here but let's do it <laughs> Like, baby, I was inside the, hel- or the plane.
1: <laughs> oh, he's... Oh, uh, he God. was amazing. He really was.
0: And then the ending when he meets his daughter for the first time was so awkward.
1: Yes! <laughs> the girl was like, I am not hugging this dirty, grimy old man here with the long hair and the wife beater, and he's filthy. She's Mm-mm. like, oh
0: God, please don't make me. Yeah. Do you want to move on? Yes. The next award is the Thomas J. Hanks Award for Exceptional Acting... Who did you give yours to?
1: I gave it to superstar actor John Malkovich. I also did. As Cyrus Grissom, Cyrus the Virus. He was funny with all of his one-liners that he was zinging. He's everything you would want from a John Malkovich role.
0: And a villain. Yes. Yeah.
1: He was delightful.
0: I honestly think this movie... Was made better with him. I thought Steve Buscemi was really good. I did pick John Malkovich because I just felt like all his dialogue was funny. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I honestly didn't want to give the Nicolas Cage Award to Nicolas Cage. I almost gave it to the writer of this movie, whose name is Scott Rosenberg. Because this is the worst written movie I've ever read. Not the just the plot, the mm-hmm. dialogue. Yes. The dialogue is horrible i Terrible. had to pause for a dramatic <laughs> horrible i don't i i I don't, I don't know i don't even know how movies like this got made
1: it's a with I that guess, kind of dialogue i guess we can kind of transition into our do we think it held up yeah and it's weird that like you said it's terribly written but you get a bunch of pretty good actors to be in it because malkovich is good um, Danny Trejo is really good in it. John Cusack, Ring Rames. You get actual good acting out of all these people. I don't know what else. You just produced the shittiest script you could. It was like let's make an action movie.
0: Yeah, but I think the dialogue was just so cringy and horrible, and that's what dates it so incredibly bad. And I just wanted to go back real quick to John Malkovich because mm-hmm. at, at the end of the movie, they're doing kind of like a chase scene after they've crashed on the strip and nicolas cage rams maybe like a broom handle like a broken broom handle or something into cyrus's ankle mm-hmm. and he screams and i was just thinking that's how you scream <laughs> and that's why he's getting my award because that is how you scream
1: so my opinion is and i'm going to bring back a classic oh yes please this movie has everything Low-flying helicopters, planes, even cars. A firetruck spraying water. The Vegas Strip. John Cusack riding a motorcycle and transferring over to a firetruck. Nicolas Cage hanging from that firetruck's ladder. John Malkovich getting electrocuted by power lines and then decapitated by construction equipment. And that's only in the last ten minutes of the fucking movie. It's amazing. I don't know how you could say it's a bad movie. It was fucking amazing. (laughs) such a good movie
0: well like i said to you i was i watched this i mean i sort of watched this movie in july and i totally forgot they crashed on the strip i for some reason thought when they were at that airfield with, with all the explosions that that was the end of the movie that was like the final battle
1: it would make sense that that was the logical end of the movie yeah and then they take off And they get back to the Strip, and the plane crashes on the Vegas Strip, and you're going, okay, this is the end of the movie. Nope. Now we need to bring fire trucks into this shit. What the hell? Yeah. It was, I honestly think if they had ended it at the airfield, decent movie. Yeah. Okay, we're going to bring the Vegas Strip into it. As bad as that, some of that stuff looked. Okay, end of the movie, good. Nope. It was the fire truck driving down the strip, spraying water, and you got Nick Cage hanging from a ladder, and John Cusack turns into stunt driver <laughs> McGee. He's now drives motorcycles on top of bulldozers, cranes, and helicopters. And you got John Malkovic flying off of it and getting electrocuted,
0: but still, not dying. Still alive. Still alive. He's like Michael Myers from Halloween. I don't, I didn't actually look, but Michael Bay has nothing to do with this movie, correct?
1: No. I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't know how. There's so
0: many explosions.
1: We got Jerry Bruckheimer as the producer.
0: The only thing that's missing is like a scantily clad woman.
1: And some explosions that look like fireworks. Yes. That's it. And you got a Michael Bay classic. It's a terrible movie that That... somehow was better than I thought it was going to be. (laughs) And I put this right in line with Gone in 60 Seconds, where it's not a good movie, it doesn't hold up, but I cannot encourage you enough to go watch it.
0: Hate watch the shit out of it. Hate watch the fuck out of
1: it. It's everything Um, you would hope from a 1990s Nicolas Cage movie, and then some.
0: It was amazing. (laughs) It's still not my favorite John Cusack movie, but. No. it's, It's up there.
1: He really brought his (laughs) A-game with all of the shit he was doing. Cage, God, Malkovich.
0: I felt like they, in a way, underutilized. We we like to use that word here Mm -hmm. on Roiding Our Childhood. John Cusack a little, because I feel like when I think of John Cusack, I think of funny, stammering, a little awkward, but charming.
1: He had none of that.
0: He's basically like the American Hugh Grant. Correct. Yeah, he didn't really have any of that. He kind of was just like, I'm in this movie, that's good enough.
1: He's a little a little miscast in yeah. that they didn't take advantage of his full repertoire. Yeah. But by no means was he bad. No. He was except r-
0: for his running.
1: Yeah. Just him and Bree Larson can go on a jovial jaunt on the beach together. <laughs> Fucking terrible running. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, so there you have it. Shocker. <laughs> Shocker, guys. Not a good movie.
0: But a good watch.
1: A really good watch. I'd totally watch it again and just make fun of it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So,
1: so, again, we appreciate everybody who voted in our poll. Uh, next week, we already have our movie planned out. Yes. going so, to do a little drop dead Fred.
0: Yeah, maybe the week after we'll do another poll. Yeah. Because that was fun. It was. Definitely. I like, I like doing that. Also, obviously, if you are listening to this and you're going, what poll are you talking about? It's because it's on our social media, which you should be following us on mm-hmm. if you even remotely like us just a little bit. Absolutely. Instagram at Ruining Our Childhood.
1: Over on Facebook at Ruining Our Childhood.
0: And Twitter at ROC Movie Podcast.
1: So we thank you again for making us part of your week and we'll see you guys next week.
0: Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.